Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. 24-24, Denver and Miami after the first quarter in Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Blue Jays now leading the Astros 3-2 in the top of the ninth. So Jays trying to close that one out. The Stanley Cup final on this station tomorrow. Coverage starts at 6. Vegas Golden Knights taking a 2-0 series lead into Sunrise, Florida against the Florida Panthers. Game 4 is on Saturday. And then uh, we'll see beyond that. The Panthers have to win at least uh, a next game, uh, one game at home to force Game 5 on Tuesday night. Uh, last week I was talking about, uh, I, I went to the Edmonton Stingers, uh, what was it? It was their second game of the season, but it was their home opener. And you may remember the story. I'll refresh your memory here. They led the Calgary Surge 73-57. And we reached what is called the Elam ending, which is used in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. So they the first stoppage after four minutes, they shut off the clock, and the, the winner is not the team when time runs out. The winner is whoever reaches the target score, which is the the score of the leading team plus nine. So it was the first team to 82, and the Stingers lost 82-81 in the largest Elam ending comeback in the history of the CEBL. So I was talking, you know, a lot about this comeback and about the ending and and why I liked it and and you know why why the league uses it. And a buddy texted me and said, uh, "Reed, why don't you get the guy who uh, came up with this on the show?" And I was like, "Why didn't I think of that?" So I emailed this gentleman. And we got him. He is a, an assistant professor of educational leadership at Ball State University. Nick Elam is on the show. Nick, my name's Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It is so great to be on the show. Thanks uh, for having me. Have, have you ever been to Edmonton or Alberta? I have not ventured that far west in Canada. I've been to Canada a few times, but never to Alberta. Okay. Well, we'll bring you out sometime. We like hockey here. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> I love to watch hockey. I can't ice skate, but uh, I love to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks for hopping on the show. I, I assume you've probably gotten a few requests like these over the last few years. Uh, I, let's start at the very beginning. What, what prompted you to invent your own ending format for a basketball game? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm a lifelong sports fan and a lifelong basketball fan, and so uh, it was always disheartening to me to see uh, some really great basketball games uh, really kind of unravel and devolve uh, during the final stretch of the game. And you see, and it's very common to see the worst quality of play uh, when we should be seeing the, the best quality of play. And so uh, the the idea was, well, is there a way to compel teams to play in a more assertive and authentic way? And, you know, all these different flaws that we see at the end of the game are attributable to the game clock in some way. And so uh, it was actually back in 2007 when I first had this idea of, well, what would happen if you got rid of the clock for the final stretch of the game? Uh, at first, I was very skeptical of the idea. I would I, explored it just out of intellectual curiosity, but I was trying to figure out why won't this idea work? There's got to be some flaw that I'm overlooking. But as I really scrutinized the idea as the weeks and the months went on in 2007, I actually started to believe that the idea had merit. And then uh, then the really tough part started. After I convinced myself that the idea had merit, then the tough part of trying to convince others in the basketball world 
that the idea had merit. And what I didn't know at the time was that it was going to take 10 years to see uh, this format implemented for the first time in 2017 at TBT to basketball tournament. But since then, we've seen uh, many other leagues and events adopt the format, and that includes the Canadian League beginning in 2020. Yeah, so... And like, if you're a lifelong lifelong sports fan, you know that sometimes leagues and sports are reluctant to change, right? I mean, probably the NFL's done it better than the, than others. Uh, I think the NBA has been pretty good. The NHL and MLB sometimes not so uh, not so open to change in in general. So when you first came up this idea, did you almost like I'm just going to whisper it to a couple of buddies and see what they, see what they think? You know what I mean? <laughs> Well, a uh, great question. Well, and and it's a fair question because I, you know, I wanted to make sure that if I was going to reach out to people uh, who are in the world of basketball and, and if I was going to expect them to, to take their time to really think about this idea, I wanted to make sure that I had already scrutinized it inside and out every which way, uh, which that's what I did. That was a big project, kind of an independent project back in 2007. I, I really tried to uh, poke holes in this idea every which way I could. And once I thought that, you know, this idea is pretty airtight, I thought it was sound, I thought it was necessary, I thought it had the potential to be very cool, uh, then that's when I uh, reached out to people. And, you know, like you said, you know, I, I'm, I'm not in favor of change for the sake of change. But I thought that this idea was necessary. And also, again, the whole spirit of the Elam ending is not to change basketball. It's actually to do the opposite and to preserve a more natural and authentic style of play. So, so that's been my, uh, you know, my pitch has been, you know, I can understand if you're resistant to change, but here's an idea that would actually can do the opposite of change the sport of basketball. All right. Well, and and that's what I've said I like about it. The game ends on a basket, and you can't foul, right? The losing team can't foul to just slow the game down and and hope the other team misses. Um, Why nine points? Did you you toy around with other targets? Yeah, so the the, the Elam ending is meant to be customizable as far as when you shut off the clock and how you set the target score because different leagues and events, you know, they have different preferences or they have different styles of play and scoring rates, so – uh, for the Canadian League, it's a fairly high-paced and high-scoring league. So, uh, you know, plus nine ended up being, you know, kind of a good fit there. You know, if we're, if we're going to cut out four minutes of uh, game time at the end of the game, we want to get about four minutes worth of live ball game time uh, back in place. And, and that plus nine has has worked out really well in working out to about four minutes of game time. But other leagues that have a slower pace, uh, we use a slower, we use a lower number, I should say. Uh, so yeah, it can be kind of customizable. And if if it ever appears that that plus nine setting isn't working anymore for the Canadian league, then that can always uh, be adjusted pretty easily. What's the story behind uh, the Elam ending being used in the 2020 NBA All Star Game? That must have been pretty cool for you. <laughs> yeah, it was very cool because uh, I had been reaching out to the NBA, you know, at that point for almost 13 years. And most of it was one-way communication. You know, it was me leaving my ideas and my research at the doorstep and then not always knowing uh, where the discussion went from there. And so uh, I remember exactly where I was when I got a phone call from people in the NBA front office uh, telling me, you know, they had a few things to say. They wanted to thank me for my passion for the game and my innovative ideas. Uh, they were very candid in acknowledging that late game play in basketball is something that has is 
greatly flawed and, and needs to be addressed. I was surprised in their candor there. Uh, they said that in their discussions with the Players Association that the players really saw a lot of merit in this concept of an untimed finish to games. And then they told me the big news that the, they were going to implement the eliminating in the All-Star game and send me and a guest uh, to All-Star weekend that year. So uh, that, that was really honored. And I think, uh, you know, the biggest thrill or the biggest endorsement i guess i can say is that you know here we are four years uh, or four all-star games later and they're still using it and that's really been kind of the, the common thread for all leagues and events at all levels that have experimented with the elam ending have they have all continued to use it there hasn't been any league or event that's gone back to the time format uh, once they've experimented with the elam ending uh, Nick Elam joining us tonight on Inside Sports from Ball State University, inventor of the Elam ending, which he's telling you about used in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Um, okay, so I'll ask you the hypothetical then. Do you think the NBA would ever use it, that that's, that's how they would end games? Could you ever see them adopting it? Yeah, I, w- I would love to see it. I think, uh, you know, I would love to, first of all, I'd love to have a seat at the table at those discussions. I don't always uh, <laughs> get to, you know, I think they know what my vote would be, but I don't always uh, get that vote. But uh, I, I think it is realistic because I think that there are uh, different ways that they can take baby steps in implementing it uh, without having to, you know, do a cannonball right into the deep end of the pool. They can, uh, and they're doing it. They're doing it now. They, they, uh, we just wrapped up the first year in the NBA G League where they experimented with the Elam ending. Uh, they're all, you know, they could try it out in preseason. They could try it in the summer league. Uh, they are, they're implementing an in-season tournament beginning, uh, in the, in the coming year that would also be a great, I think that would be a perfect setting to implement some sort of, uh, you know, rule change such as the Elam ending that sets that tournament apart from other regular season games. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways that they can experiment with it, uh, you know, just to continue to gain favor and to continue to fine-tune it and make sure that it's uh, as good as it can be. The uh, I mentioned what happened here in Edmonton about a week and a half ago. What, like, Were you aware of that before you heard me talking about it, that that was the biggest Elam ending comeback in, in the history of the Canadian League? I, I, w- I was aware that that had happened, and uh, so when I got your uh, invitation to come on the radio show, of course I was excited to come on, uh, but I, it also made me wish and wonder, you know, why couldn't you have invited me after uh, you know either of Edmonton's two championships that they won? <laughs> that's right. Which we that's, that's a good point. <laughs> but, but, uh, but no, I'm happy to come on now. And uh, you know, sometimes you're on the losing end of those amazing comebacks. But but that is part of the spirit of the of the format is that it uh, you know no team can coast to the finish line. Uh, you all you're always in the game as long as you continue to get stops and scores. In this particular case, Edmonton's on the wrong end, but uh, you know it was—it certainly added suspense to the game and made for a memorable finish, even if it wasn't a favorable one for the Stingers. Yeah, but I, I talked to the coach of the Stingers uh, after the game. I've known him a while. I used to uh, call his games when he was playing here at the University of Alberta, and he said we had some guys who had never played in the Elam before, and, and they couldn't handle. Uh, he didn't say he didn't use the word pressure, but there is that sort of well, we can't like you said, we can't just slow the game. Down down and wait for the clock to run you had to keep scoring and they got a little tight and they tried some silly shots and and that uh, all helped calgary come back so you mentioned you're a big sports fan um I, I, look i i'm gonna be completely ignorant here i don't know a lot about muncie uh, indiana i don't know if that's where you grew up but what were some of the athletes or teams that uh, you connected with as uh, w- w- as you were a young sports fan and kept you interested and passionate 
Yeah, so uh, so I'm not originally from Indiana, but I am from nearby Ohio, and I grew up uh, in the Cincinnati area. So I, I live and die with the Cincinnati Reds and have since I was uh, a youngster. And I uh, also really root for uh, the university where I attended as an undergrad, which is the University of Dayton. I love to follow their basketball team. Um, my mom was a graduate of, the, of Indiana University, so I grew up rooting for Bob Knight and the Hoosiers. Uh, so those were some of the... Uh, the teams that are really rooted for, you know, and as, as far as, uh, you know, the, you know, thinking about the Reds, where they stand right now, it's been it's been a rough stretch for my Reds. But uh, one encouraging thing this week is that they've called up uh, just an amazing prospect named Ellie De La Cruz. So if you have baseball fans uh, listening and uh, are, are interested in, you know, following the, the league-wide uh, goings-on, uh, Ellie De La Cruz is going to be someone to watch. He, he played in a second game tonight and almost hit a ball out of the stadium, which, so he's going to be... Right, I think I saw that highlight already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, he's going to be something special to watch. Okay, so and here's... I actually, you know, so I actually on a part-time basis, very limited basis now, but uh, I'm actually in my 18th season working on the grounds crew for the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, here, oh. when I work my next game, I'll get to see... Uh, no, Ellie Dela Cruz up close. Oh, good for you. Okay, that's a fun uh, side note. That that's awesome. So now that you've got the Elam ending in bat, and like how cool, by the way, that you got this ending named after you that's used in sports. Like, good for you. That's really cool. Um, do you look at other sports and think, hmm, I wonder what I could do there? Is there a different way to end a hockey game or a football game? Do you ever think about that? Yeah, I mean, I I think about it sometimes. I. Uh, one thing I think I, is really cool about the Elam ending is that it's an idea that really is a best fit for basketball. And uh, it would be really tough to implement a similar concept in hockey because, you know, if you shut off the clock at some point and said, well, we're just going to add one and, uh, you know, one more goal is the target score. Well, it could it could take forever. <laughs> That's to right. That one goal. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, you know, basketball is a more consistent scoring rate um, compared to really any other time sport, and that includes uh, that includes football, that includes soccer, that includes ice hockey, field hockey, lacrosse, water polo, you know, way down the line. Uh, you know, all those other time sports, the scoring rate is not quite as consistent, and so uh, it's really hard to just get rid of the clock at any point and say we're going to use goals or points in place of a clock. Okay. Well, Nick, this this was really cool, really informative, and, and it's it's an honor to have you on the show. I, I mean, good for you for because uh, I, I think a lot of us have those ideas on the on the couch or talking to buddies watching a game. You went out and you did something about it, and, and you're making an impact. And I do think uh, I do think you've made basketball better by doing this. And, and I I gotta say, I, I hope one day we see it uh, as just. It's, it's everywhere, and that's how the NBA does it and international and all that kind of stuff. Hey, uh, thanks again. We'll, we'll have to get you up to an Oilers game or something. We've got to figure out a way to do that. I think you'd, I think you'd love seeing Rogers Place and McDavid and all that kind of fun stuff. But in the meantime, uh, thanks for informing us on the Elam ending, and, uh, yeah, enjoy the red season. Thank you. Yeah, sign me up for, for a trip up to Edmonton. I would love to see Connor McDavid for sure. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun being on the show. Thank you. That is Nick Elam checking in tonight, inventor of the Elam ending. He's an assistant professional uh, professor of educational leadership at Ball State University, but a big sports fan. So that's really what got him going on that. So there's the story. We've been talking about it, and uh, there's the story. And as he said, it doesn't have to be nine points or four minutes. That's what they do in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. But if you run your own basketball league, 
you could you could change the the time and the points to uh, to suit yourself. That was really good. By the way, you can always check in seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. That is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pros' choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. You can email me inside sports at six thirty ched dot com, and you can send me a message on Twitter. My handle. Is my name at Reed Wilkins, R E I D W I L K I N S. Back in a couple minutes. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight, uh, 780 We got uh, one of our. Uh, Old and amusing friends writing in tonight, Kellen? We do, yes. Yakushev. Hello, Yakushev. How are you? Uh, he says, good evening, Reed. If the Panthers have so much depth, why did they only make the playoffs at the end of the season when the Penguins couldn't beat the Blackhawks? That's from Yakushev. I have no response to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they're, they have... Uh, I think they do have depth, and it's it's coming. It's the the depth players have been playing better in the postseason as well. Very good. Okay. All right, Yakushev. Thank you. You are loved. We had uh, Richard Zokel on the show last night, former PGA Tour golfer, now out at Predator Ridge in BC. He's he's always great to talk to, and he was talking about the uh, the merger between the PGA and live golf. And he said, one guy who should really feel betrayed is uh, Rory McIlroy. Uh, here's what Rory had to say about the merger today. Ultimately, this is going to be good for the game of professional golf. I think it secures the, it unifies it and it secures its financial future. So, you know, there's mixed emotions in there as well. As there's going to be, I don't understand all the intricacies of what's going on. At least it means that the litigation goes away, which has been a massive burden for everyone that's involved with the tour and that's playing the tour. And we can start to work toward some sort of way of unifying the game at the elite level. All right. Yeah, well, they, they'll move through it, I guess, and uh, still going to be a lot of money involved there for everybody. 780-496-0063. Uh, we'll let you know what's going on with the spirit of Edmonton. Oh, and we're going to play Name the Animal as well. All coming up.